Hey guys, welcome back to Shades of Brilliance. I'm your host, Sierra Venable, and it is my 22nd birthday today. Ugh, it feels crazy. First off, let's talk about what it feels like to be a Virgo, number one, with Beyonce taking over the world. (laughs) I have never felt prouder to be a Virgo. I mean, we knew we were the best, but Beyonce is living viable proof that we are superior. And to be a Virgo closing out Virgo season, ah, there's nothing better. There's nothing better. Um, So shout out to all my Virgos. Y'all are real. We love it. Um, Funny enough, I feel like my best but toughest relationships in life have been with Virgos. In a friendship setting, I've never dated a Virgo, but like in a friendly friendship way, my best gal pals have been Virgos. But they've also been tough because we are very Virgos will hold up a mirror. Like we we hold the mirror, whether you want to see that or not. So, anyways, it feels good to be a Virgo. This is my golden birthday. So I'm turning 22 on the 22nd. Go wish me a birthday wish. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just got back from the bars. I'm a little bit like um, we've been having a blast. First off, you guys, I'm living in London. Let's get into that next. I want to talk about living in London because I moved here, gosh, two weeks ago. How many weeks has it been? It's been at least two weeks and it was a lot. I moved into my apartment, my studio, which I was shell-shocked. The studio was small. First off, let's back up. Let's back up. We got here in a heat wave. I was convinced everybody was saying September gets cold. September, when I was here a year ago, it was freezing. I was literally wearing a puffer jacket in September. You guys, it was 90 degrees. That's in Fahrenheit. I know I've got to switch to Celsius, but for my Americans, it was 90 degrees. 90. And I don't think people understand, like, I grew up in Virginia, so the humidity in Virginia is awful. Like it's a lot, right? So when it says 90 degrees, they really mean like 105, right? In London, the humidity has to be off the chart. Like there, I think the country is surrounded by water, the UK, and the humidity was the thickest and the most intense I've ever encountered. And there's no air conditioning, none, none, just fans. Like, I don't think I really feel like they built this city before climate change really got bad because I really don't feel like London was ever supposed to be above like 75 degrees, 78 degrees, like 78 degrees. I feel like was pushing it. It was 90, 90, no air conditioning. Any Uber you took with air conditioning was an upcharge. Like, Are you kidding me? I was so mad. It was crazy. Um, But I will say I'm very thankful for that because adjusting to a time change in the cloudy weather would have been really difficult. And I think when I first came, I never adjusted to the time zone. Like I could never get adjusted. I think because of the foggy kind of rainy weather. Growing up in the West Coast, like I'm originally from Virginia, but I also grew up on the West, grew up in the West. So I've had like, oh my God, at least a decade probably closer to two decades of sunshine, like more sunshine than cloudiness or rain at all. So, um, you know, a cloudy day for us is like, oh, we got to stay inside and go to bed. So it's really going to be a challenge for me to 
<laughs> get this little depression lamp and get out of bed. Um, but the Brits are fun. I have had a blast. You guys have had a blast. It is a great city. Everything is so well connected. People feel so well connected. People compare London to New York and it doesn't compare. I feel like New Yorkers are great people, but the city honestly is lacking in architecture. It is. The infrastructure is not there and it's astronomical prices. London is expensive too. I'm not going to lie. Um, but I feel like there's a camaraderie here that just doesn't exist in the States. I was just on my Instagram story talking and reflecting on PDA. Everywhere I look here, somebody's making out with somebody. And it's not in like a grotesque, like we all know that couple in the States, you know, the county fair line at the mall. It's like the kids. It's either like the little kids or it's like some young couple who just like it's trying to tell the world that they're hot and they're young and they're dating, but it's obnoxious. Like it's, it's kind of performative. It's a weird kind of like pissing contest for men. I feel like for American men, women are just like objects, purely objects. Like this is my woman and I'm going to be aggressive about this makeout session. Like it's not like that here. Like people are genuinely embracing and I've been so in a tizzy about it. Because I'm like, what is going on? Like, is, is there just more PDA? No, I think people are just safe in public. Like, I literally almost just had a breakdown because I think I'm processing the detriment of gun violence since I've been here. Because when you're in America, you cannot fully process it. There's no way you could. Like, we have to go to work. Like, we're up. We're like, it's just like, misery after misery and nobody is doing anything about it. And so it's just like, we're just numb, like incredibly numb. And tonight I was thinking about that. Like, why is everyone kissing everywhere? Because they can be in public safely. Nobody, no lunatic is going to come and kill them out of the blue. Like the probability is so low, at least by like an AR-15. Ugh, let me get off this topic because it's bothering me. And this is my birthday episode. Like, let's bring the light back up. London is great. <laughs> that's what it's like in America. Nothing is getting done. So we just have to keep moving. Like, that's exactly how it is. Um, today, I want to talk about how life is full circle. I want to talk about dreams. And I want to talk about goals and just like connection with self. I feel like... I just feel so grateful. Um, if you haven't heard, you have to, you must go back to the episode where I debrief all the things about how I got to London and it, the full story is in an episode. I think it's episode seven. Yeah, episode seven. Um, so I'm I moved here for, for my master's in art direction at London College. Of, oh my God, let me slow down. London College of Communication at the University of the Arts London. It's a, it's a mouthful. So UAL, University of the Arts London, is a college or is a, a school. I don't know. They do things kind of differently here. In the States, you have a school that has different like sectors, if you will. Like you can major in psychology or law or whatever. And it's like all a part of the school here you have the school that owns the colleges. Like that's how it makes sense in my head. So 
I'm going to UAL, but I'm technically going to London College of Communication. There's London College of Fashion. There's Central St. Martin's. There's like a bunch of different colleges, I think maybe seven under UAL. So hopefully that clears things up. But that episode really is clear on what exactly I'm doing and how I got here, how I moved here, the whole bit. And I have to say, it was so divinely timed. I took a last minute trip, canceled all of my birthday plans for the year 21. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to London. It was a weird inkling and I went with it. And I'm so glad that I did because it turned into this beautiful journey. Like I did not know that I would need to keep the door open to try this, to apply for a college, to like give myself a shot at living abroad. And it made me think a lot about having agreements with oneself because I feel like people all the time talk about, oh, follow your dreams, shoot for the stars, be who you are. Like in America, those like colloquial terms are used all the time, especially from your parents. And I think what's something really interesting about Gen Z is all of the systems that we were conditioned to believe in do not work. Like we are I hate to use the word screwed, like that's so pessimistic um, because we're not screwed. It's almost like we're free because it's like, oh, we can do whatever we want now. Like there's no rule book. Do you know what I mean? And so society is really rapidly changing. And I feel like a lot of those things our parents, you know, tried to help us with like, oh, just, just dream big. And like, what does that mean? Right. And so I was reflecting on how I got to London. And I felt like it was just this really divinely coordinated thing. And some of you might be thinking, oh God, like who cares? Like it's not divine. It's just chance. Like you applied to a school, you got in, end of story. But it's not. Because when I think about myself a year ago, I was not thinking that I was ever going to live abroad. Like that was not on my mind. I think deep, deep down, I now recognize that it was a dream. But I think what people don't understand is not everybody has like dreams since they were five years old. Like I I had dreams. Like there are dreams that I am currently living that I maybe have always wanted to do. But I think the interesting thing about dreams for most people is that they're a surprise. Like where did we get this idea that like you knew everything at age six? And I mean, I get it. Like children are these portals for like connection to the universe and like all of these like spiritual things, like ask a child, like, like talk to children. They, they know things like they're very, very intuitive because the world hasn't gotten to them yet. So I understand what they mean in a sense of like, listen to your inner child, hear your inner child, X, Y, Z. But I feel like as an adult, don't beat yourself up for like not knowing everything because that's the point of life, right? To be on the journey and to realize, oh my God, that's a dream. Oh my God, that was a dream. And it's unmistakable. Like once you're living it, it's like, I can't believe that I didn't know it. And it's, 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 I don't know, it's a very like fine line, but you know, I, I went to London. I remember I left and I was like, well, it's too rainy. I could never live there. It's too cloudy. I can never live there. Like I was finding all the little nitpicky things that like don't matter. 
<laughs> to talk myself out of it. And little did I know I was attracting something way bigger than I could even comprehend. And I'm so glad that I'm here. Um, we moved me in. I got off the plane in the heat wave, came to my studio, realized it was way smaller than I thought it was going to be because we're in the UK. Like everything's a little bit smaller. I'm used to my like American palace. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. And I, I just was like, in in the worst outcomes or in things like I could be so picky about, like I'm in London. Like who, who literally who cares? Literally who cares? Um, and so that's been my thing. I feel like I just have this very optimistic, like positive outlook on things right now, which obviously like I am entering a huge next chapter. So everything feels really triumphant. Um, but I really just wanted to share that. Like, and I really wanted to break down some of the things I've learned in this last year on route to turning 22 um, because I learned a lot about the self and a lot about connection to the self. First tip I'm going to say that has changed my life, morning pages. Now, this comes from The Artist's Way. It's a book that I highly recommend for everybody. Um, especially if you're creative, especially if you're an artist, it is, it has changed my life. And there's two things every week that you do morning pages. You do morning pages every morning, the second you wake up and you do artist dates, which is basically like painting by yourself or like, just like finding something to do to like get your inner child excited, if you will. So, the morning pages have changed my life because it's basically your subconscious processing right as you wake up. When we're at night dreaming, there's some kind of science to this, but when you're dreaming at night and you're thinking about all the things and our subconscious is like creating narratives, which is I think what dreams are, right? So you're asleep, you're dreaming and you can, sometimes you can remember them. Like I, I honestly don't remember my dreams. I wake up every morning and I'm like, I don't know. I'm just, I, I just go, I, I started writing and the writing has helped. You do three pages, which sounds like a lot, but it's not because she says when you're getting into the groove of it, you can write like, this is dumb. I don't want to do this anymore. Why am I writing? This is crazy. Like, why would I even be writing this right now? My hand hurts. I don't like, you can literally just go with your subconscious, but soon enough, you'll see that what peeks through the pages is these, these things that, oh my God, I didn't know I wanted to go skiing. Why haven't I done that yet? Wow, I'm ready for a relationship. Holy cow, I'm really lonely. Oh my God, I would love to do that. I would. So these, these things, these intuitive messages pop up through your subconscious as you process in the morning. And this is especially good for creatives because it's a brain dump. Like there is this thing, and I love that she addressed it in the book. There's this thing with artists and this kind of like starving artist, depressed artist, um, you know, you need to go through trauma to really make good work. Or you've got to be an alcoholic if you really want to have the plot for the story that you're going to write. Like that is a load of bull. And the author of The Artist's Way is sober. She became an alcoholic. She was a writer for uh, different programs and uh, big movies. And she had like really made it in her career, but she didn't feel like she made it. She realized that 
the drinking was going to kill her. It got to that point. And she had a spiritual death. Like she literally had to decide what it was going to be. She got sober and realized that her work came from within. She actually, and this is so profound, said that there was a window of time for the drinking because she's a writer, right? So she would, you know, procrastinate, 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 have a few drinks. And there would be like a 30 minute window of time where she was actually writing the quality writing. The other two and a half hours she would spend writing, were, she was drunk. And she would literally say that it was a waste of time to be in that kind of addictive cycle with like the brooding artist mentality. That's kind of like, oh, I need to be high to create. I need to be like, you don't. And I think what's so interesting and fascinating about the book is that it's the connection with the self. That's where your work is coming from. The willingness to sit with yourself and hear your own thoughts. That's terrifying. But it's so actually easy. <laughs> like it's actually so much easier than creating this uphill battle. And that's what we do. We create these uphill battles. And I don't know. I just, that has been a, a life changing thing that I've implemented in my mornings. And it does not take as long as you think it does. I started waking up 30 minutes earlier and it doesn't even take me that long. I Now I look forward to it. It's like the only way I can start my day. I will admit though that when I was moving to London, I the exhaustion of the jet lag and we were up and we went to Paris at one point. So we we spent the weekend in Paris last week and I just had no time. I felt like I had no energy or I was so discombobulated from all the traveling that I did not do the morning pages. And let me say, I was more agitated. I was more irritable because I wasn't processing in the morning. Um, so highly recommend morning pages. If you want to get the book, it's basically like a workbook. So you read once a week and then you do these like little activities and prompts through the week, but you do the morning pages and these artist dates um, as you go. And so that's number one. If that seems like too much work, you're kind of resenting that. Ask yourself why. What are you, what are you fearful of? Like, what do you have to lose by meeting yourself every morning? And this is the kind of self-care that I feel like people don't glamorize. Like self-care is not just like buying things, you know, to spike your, what is that called? Adrenaline? <laughs> You know, when you're scrolling on TikTok and it's like dopamine, like you don't need to buy stuff. You don't need to, you just need to sit with yourself and it's impossible. Like we are not taught how to do that. And it, it makes me think about literacy. It makes me think about reading. I keep hearing from teachers and professionals in the education space that like children cannot read. Like something has happened and the children cannot read. And one of the teachers said, it's because the parents aren't reading. Like nobody reads anymore. Like parents are too busy. So if parents don't read, if the parents are scrolling on their phone, the kids are going to want the iPad. Like it's this trickle down. And so I think about that, like think about these kind of habits that you could build for your future self and for your future, for your future period, whether or not you're having kids or not, that's not important. But I think about for me, like I've always wanted kids and I thought, oh my God, imagine children that could see their mom journaling and just like sitting with myself. 
like it's those little things that get ingrained. Um, and anyways, that is changed. Morning pages. That's my first step to getting to meet yourself and hearing some of those intuitive thoughts and dreams. Because admitting to yourself the things that you want and desire is the hardest part. That through all the change I've endured the last few years, that is the hardest part about manifesting or like attracting a new life, as they say. For me, it's admitting what I want. Um, recovering people pleaser, come from a really codependent family system. So like identifying needs is really difficult, especially if you're a person of color. Like a lot of times our communities are just so much more codependent because we're like surviving white supremacy. So I don't think that's necessarily a good or bad thing. I just think that, um, oof, it can be really difficult to admit to yourself what you want for multiple reasons. Um, but for, for, for me, that was one of mine. And it's it really goes back to needs. You know, that the other thing with Western culture is this idea that like you need food and shelter and water. Like, no, you need connection. So if what connects you to the world is a pottery class, then it's worth every penny. You know what I mean? Like you have to have those things. If you need to get your nails done to feel like a human being, go get your nails done. <laughs> and if you're tight on money, buy a bottle of nail polish and do it yourself. Like there's always a way. Um, so having little hobbies, discovering the needs, kind of getting into your own things outside of relationships. I'm sorry, but you need to have little hobbies outside of having a boyfriend. For a lot of young girls, that's their hobby is building up a boyfriend. That's not a hobby. Um, not a hobby. Like, let's please not do that. Okay, let me get back on track here. We've got morning pages, connection to the self, hobbies, collecting. I mentioned collecting things is another really great way to identify needs. That's kind of how I got into breaking some of those like codependent people pleasing cycles that started collecting like stickers and like random stuff like let yourself hoard things I wouldn't go bankrupt trying to do that like thrift stuff like try to find like economical like sustainable things that you can do to like hear your own thoughts like I started with blazers I would go to thrift stores like Goodwill and places and try to find cute blazers. And to my surprise, I would find a bunch of like, like the one I wanted in my size was on sale. Like it was crazy. So I felt that's when I really started going like, oh my God, the universe through a blazer. I swear to God, that's crazy. But that's true. Um, what else is I going to say? Vision boarding. If you have not started vision boarding, please don't wait. It has changed my life. Um, and when I first started vision boarding, I put like random pictures of stuff that I wanted that year. Here is my key, my key elements to vision boarding. Number one, think about the feeling. Vision boarding is so much easier when you have identified in the moment something that like takes your breath away. So when you are out to dinner with your friends and somebody says, yeah, I'm actually going to France next week 
and I'm going to this influencer event and we're going to go boating on a yacht. That's a lot. Like that's such an LA conversation, but like, just bear with me (laughs) when you hear of things or when you go on Instagram and you see, jot it down in a notes app, jot it down yachting in the Maldives, you know, like just have a running list of things that you think you might want to do in life. And some of those things will stand out over time. Like, and it's hard because we're constantly being, we're constantly being showed or we're on Instagram or we're on social media being sent. Like what, what is, what is happening? We're going on the internet. We're seeing it. I don't know how the algorithm works, but it's like we're being sent these images, we're being shown these images, it's being pushed at us, the ads, the everything, that it's hard to digest what we actually want and desire from what we think we might want to desire. And this is what got me into so much trouble when I went to college the first time. I don't want to say trouble. Let me not say trouble. It was all good lessons, right? But I, and if you heard the first episode of my podcast, I talked about this, where I was in a sorority. And that was like my whole thing. And it really changed my life because I didn't want to be in a sorority. I wanted belonging. I wanted connection with people, right? So I thought I wanted to be in a sorority. Like I saw these images of people that looked so happy and people that were frolicking and people that were blowing glitter out of their hands. Like like that to me looked like belonging. And it's good marketing. Like they know what they're doing. It's intentional, right? But if I had sat with myself and asked myself, let's do some research on this, right? But I was I was 18. Like I don't beat myself up about it. But like as an adult, you owe yourself the research. And I don't mean looking up how much it's gonna cost and then giving up. I don't mean that. I mean investing in the idea when it comes up. So the weirdest things happened to me lately. I have had these weird visions of being pregnant in the Mediterranean. And I said this on my Instagram story. And it's like the weirdest thing ever. Like, please don't click off. You're probably like, what is she? Like, this is such a random episode. (laughs) I lately keep having these visions. And it's not a vision as in like, I can see through a portal, you guys. It's just like my subconscious is bringing up like images. And everybody, this happens to everyone. I don't mean I'm dozed off and I'm deep in thought and I all I can envision myself pregnant. Like I don't mean that. It's almost like this feeling. I keep getting this feeling that I'm going to be like living on the Mediterranean coast, but some for some reason I'm pregnant and it's scaring me. I think the reason it is on my mind so much is because it's scaring me. The thought of being pregnant anytime soon terrifies me. Like genuinely I am shell shocked. And that's why, that's why it's standing out to me so much because I cannot imagine I'm not near that phase of life right now. Like, like I really am not, but for some reason I keep, um, what is the word dreaming or romanticizing, like just eating a big bowl of grapes by the Mediterranean. And when I was in Paris, I kept like more of the vision evolved and I was like, oh my God, this is, this feels kind of insane, but that's really what vision boarding and like manifesting, praying, um, seeing your future is, is seeing the vision that it's literally meditation. 
like I am realizing that you can call things like like there's so many different meanings to things. Like there's not one way to do anything. So one of my favorite new meditations is to see things through like portals. Um, it's a popular meditation. I didn't like invent it or anything, but it's common to, and you can look this up on YouTube. Like literally you can search portal meditation. Um, and it's like a 10 minute like it'll literally say you're walking up a mountain and you reach a fountain of water and you reach down in the water. Like it gets your brain relaxed and then you'll, it'll say in portal one, what do you see in one year? In portal three, what do you see in 10 years? Like basically where it's these exercises to get your subconscious to like build this vision. Um, another way to like get in touch with your intuition. And it's really creepy how accurate people get to their vision. Like they literally will be in the exact same place. It's like the signs are crazy or they'll get like a timestamp or they'll get like some kind of souvenir. And it's like crazy, like things that you just could not explain. Um, and I'm in the business of that. I think that that is like the coolest thing about evolving and like getting in touch with yourself is how scarily accurate things can be to your visions. And here's the thing. If you think that all this is like hokey and fluffy or fluffy, what am I saying? I'm getting tired. If you think all this is like bizarre and like just cringy, your subconscious is creating stories anyways. So you might as well like try to create a vision that you'd like. Because what people don't understand is we were already programmed as children through our parents' memories and experiences and their thoughts and their feelings through our teachers and through the world around us. So we already like honestly have to fight the pessimism and this idea that like nothing matters, nothing is real, there's no hope. So you like you might as well counteract it with like a little bit of like positivity. And I hate even to reduce it to positivity because we're already like misusing positivity. I feel like we're abusing people with positivity. Just smile about it. Like that's not positivity. What I mean by that is creating a life that you want and choosing it. Choice is the key here. And that is what I think this episode is about. Turning 22, like the year of 21 leading up to my 22nd birthday taught me a lot about choice and the power of standing in your truth it's not always easy, but it gets easier. Like that's the crazy part. It gets easier. Like I feel more me than I ever have been. People are like, oh, but aren't you afraid of your master's program? Like it's good. Why would I be afraid? Everything has led me to this point. Like, like literally I am not scared. I was on the bus the other day. Mom was like, wow, you're going to be living in London. Like, are you afraid to take the bus? No, I'm not taking, I'm not afraid to take the bus. I'm not afraid to take the tube. I feel like I'm so ready because I planted the seed a year ago. And that, that is what I'm talking about here. Vision boarding is the physical aspect of that process. And for so many people, you can go years and years and years and like not really be intentional with your choices, right? And so I don't know. I guess I'm just ranting now. I'm losing my train of thought, but 
vision board, vision board, vision board, please at least have a Pinterest tab. Like go to Pinterest. The second you think of these things, like if you've always wanted to go to Santorini, find five images right now that feel like you and Santorini. And I mean, get specific. Like I literally will type stuff like black girl in Santorini with a string bikini and I'll see what pops up. (laughs) And I'll literally pin like specific crazy stuff. And it like, you, you would be surprised how accurate and scary life gets to the real thing. It's terrifying, but it's also really cool. And that's what I feel like I'm living. I feel like I'm living a prayer. Like, I feel like I'm living like a year ago. I had no idea I'd be living here. None. When I left LA and I finished my bachelor's, I was in shambles because all my friends were staying in LA and I was leaving and I was like, what am I going to do? You're going to London. That's what like I, oh my God, I get it. When they say work on yourself, think about yourself, dream big. That's what they mean. And I finally feel like I have a process, a physical process to making that happen. And the things that you've always wanted to do, you have to do. Let me just end with this podcast with that. If you have always wanted to go to New York, you have to go. It's it's not a maybe. It's a must. Because the bill from regret is tall. I know so many adults who have steep regrets. And here's the thing, we realistically we're probably all going to have regrets at some point. Like I'm not saying that life is perfect and that everybody has a perfect financial situation and anybody can just run off to Rome. What I am saying though is when you can see it, your brain will literally stop at nothing to find a way. And I don't it's it's literally science. Like th- there's a term for that. But it's like when you can envision yourself walking down the streets of New York and you can envision yourself riding a bike in New York or whatever it is that you want to do, your brain will literally find a solution. It, it will literally find a solution. Even if you find yourself on a quick trip to New York in four months, like it's crazy what comes up. And it may not always be the thing. Like when I um, decided I wanted to go to fashion school, I was like, I'm going to go to New York. Because that's all I knew was that there were New York schools. So I kept envisioning, I do, I did these intense manifestations and these meditations to bring in New York City. It wasn't for me. The reality was that it wasn't for me. And this is where people get very like, oh no, it's it's the devil. It's not. Because if it's not for you, it's not for you. And you will know. That's something I learned this year too, was that you will know if something is not for you because it is palpable. It's not something that you can just ignore. Um, And so you have to kind of work with reality, future, and your your, uh, dreams. But you can't live in reality all the time. Like the people that will tell you, be realistic, run away from them. They're miserable. They're measurable and they probably always will be. Like, that's it. I'm sorry. There's a balance. You know, you can't, I get that it's crazy to just like live in fantasy land, but it's it's not fantasy land. Like, I promise you, everybody who has built a life worth living has done some level of this. They might call it prayer. 
They might call it med- manifestation. They might call it meditation. I'm sorry, but it's more or less the same thing. Vision board, envision it, see it, and bring it into the reality. And I like vision boarding because you can get really specific with finding an image. So for me, it's like making a mood board. And I recommend physically printing these images out. There's something that feels more permanent when you print a picture and post it onto something and tape it onto something. When you do it on your computer, it's really easy to find like pretty looking images and make it like a nice computer background. I promise you, you will feel the effect if you print it out. I'm a stickler on printing it out and feeling it in your hand because you will not print something off at the local library for 15 cents if it's not exactly what you want. And I promise you that each one of those things is connected to a feeling. That's also what I realized. Like the reason I'm sitting in London right now is because not only did I want to move here, I had to I had to make an agreement with myself to say, oh no, no, you're allowed to move abroad. That took a lot of energy. And the second thing is I had to connect to the feeling. And the feeling was, I want to know what it feels like to live abroad. What is the culture? What is the cuisine? I want to connect to more of the world. Those are feelings, connection, desire, belonging, right? That Those are the feelings that I wanted to feel. And so I may not have addressed them out loud, but I got in touch with them and I allowed myself to feel them. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. There, there, there would be no way. Like if I saw an Instagram ad for the UK and I was like, oh, I want to go there. I would not be here. It, it, it's deeper than that. And I've, I mean, obviously the school provided an opportunity, but I'm telling you, your brain does not forget. So the second I put a picture of London up on my vision board, my brain started going with how can I move there? What kind of visas? And it's all running in the background. It's not like a conscious thing. It's like while you're sleeping, like genuinely your subconscious is like always building a story. That's how I think of it. Like it's building a storyline. You know, people will say like, oh, I'm the main character. They'll go, oh, like I, the plot of my movie right now is not really great. I need a new, I I need some new characters in. Like that's literally people explaining their subconscious. Your subconscious is always going. And Again, you've got to find a way to engage with it because whether you like it or not, it's still running. I wish I knew that at 17. And I'm glad that I know it at 21, almost, well, I guess 22. This is the episode of 22. But that's a profound thing, a concept to understand because these concepts are, they, they're very profound and there's a million different ways to explain it and understand it, but they're really easy in practice. Like actually it has more to do with deconditioning than it has to do with reprogramming. And that's when I hate the whole like, oh, it's the devil. That's not, that's back magic. Like, what are you talking about? Like, is that not what Christianity is? Like praying to a God, praying to a higher power, calling in something that doesn't exist. Like, am I missing something? (laughs) So 
those that that is this episode. Life is full circle. And I want to end with this. We're taught that everything is linear, especially in Western society where everything has to be measured to be valid. White culture, actually, I shouldn't say culture. We live in a Western European society that only values quantitative data. Nothing is qualitative in this society. Nothing. You cannot go tell your boss, yeah, we're doing better than last year. There's got to be a measurement. There's got to be a graph. Right? There's got to be some kind of data. You cannot live your life that way. I hate to break it to you. You're not a product. You're not a number. You're not a stat. You are a human being with really complex feelings. And while you're on the journey of deciphering all of those feelings and connecting all of those feelings to their earliest experience, you deserve to be full and feel full and feel accomplished and feel happy. Whatever that feeling that you want to feel, you deserve it. That's what I learned this year. And that process is not linear. It's circular. Like try to picture that. Try to picture that. Think of a spiral. Like, you know those, like, you know a spring, like in a couch, like when you sit on a spring, how it's got that kind of like spiral. That's what life is. I used to picture life as a line chart. Like, Okay, I did this, I did this, I did this. I'm climbing the ladders, I'm climbing the steps. Now I'm here and I'm stuck at the peak, right? Oh, people peaked. They peaked in high school, they peaked in college. You cannot peak. You can get stuck on the cycle, but you cannot peak. You just can't. Like linear doesn't exist. And what I've discovered in life and in divinity That's why circles are so divine, because they're completed, right? But they're not really completed because, again, picture that spiral. Most of my experiences in life that are really connected to the authenticity of who I am, the core of who I am, I find this really crazy full circle. Like, for example, one year ago, I was in the UK randomly. It felt like this random chance trip. I figured out how to pay for it. Like my mom and I just like my mom helped me and she, we, we figured it out. A year later to the date I'm living here. That's circular. I made it full circle. Like, please tell me you understand what I'm saying. Because it's so hard to explain without like making a graph. <laughs> like just communicating it is really difficult. But even when I went to FITM, like when I left my four-year college, I had finished my sophomore year and I was like, what? I, I felt totally scared because I didn't, I wasn't following the linear path, graduate in four years and then figure out your life. I was cutting it short, Right. Well, the school accepted all my credits. Like all of these things happened that would not have occurred at any other college. It came full circle. You know, a year after I had lived in LA, I made more friends. Like it got more easy to live in LA. Things come full circle. And if you pay attention, 
the signs are eerie, like eerie from the first job that I got in LA. Like the stories I have are are literally, I don't even like to explain them because it's just like, it only makes sense to me. But the more you tap in and really try to like see those things, the more you'll see them and the more it's like confirmation that you're on the right path. It is. And I think the biggest one that I'm living right now is literally to the date a year ago, I was flying into a city that I was just like, oh yeah, I'll go. <laughs> like I, I really knew nothing about London, nothing. I had never, it wasn't a lifelong goal I, from when I was a little girl. It was just like, oh yeah, that for some reason sounds like a really good idea. And it, I, I was really itching about it. Like it wasn't just like a, oh yeah, I was really like, hmm, why do I want to go there so badly? It kept like calling to me. And I went and a, literally a year later, I'm living here. I've had my 21st birthday in London and my 20, and my now 22nd birthday. That is so cyclical. It's crazy. So the next time you think about that you're a failure and that you're, you just got to keep going and find the full circle, complete the circle. It's like completing a ring. Like, you know, those um, Apple watches, complete the ring. That's what it is. And the thing is, is that you don't really have to do anything. I'm reading this book called The, the Art. What is it called? Um, the, the Art of the French. Like the French practice that. They don't work hard for things. They let them let they let things come to them. They live in a life of ease. Um, I was actually recently in Paris. Like I said last week, I was in Paris and it, I have to live there. Like it was truly one of the most relaxing trips of my life. And it doesn't sound like it'd be relaxing. It's a big city. It's not convenient. Like nothing in Paris is convenient. I thought the UK was bad. Oh my God. Coming from America, dealing with like no AC, walking up all the stairs. Like it is a really big shell shock, like culture shock. Um, But at the end of our stay, we were so relaxed because it was like, wow, we feel so connected to ourselves and the art and the architecture and like all the things. And the French really just are very go with the flow. Like they're not super concerned about time. We, we would have dinner at like 10 p.m. And close the restaurant down. And they'd be like, yeah, want some more water? Like in America, you're not even finished eating and they're taking your plate. Like, oh my God, you guys. I'm so grateful for my life right now and living in the moment and being here and exploring a new city and a country, especially at a time like this, at a time that where everything just feels so impossible. I think that's why I'm really grateful. Um, it's like, good things can still happen for good people. They are happening. And let that be a sign. You know, if you've always wanted to come to London, come, come, put it in your brain, envision it, put a picture of London, put a big picture of a telephone booth on your vision board and your brain will go find answers and ways. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in a month you got a new job and the job had an office in London and they asked you to go like, I'm serious. It's crazy. The options once you have it in your head. So that's the episode today. Follow Shades of Brilliance. Um, I keep forgetting to mention that at the end of the episodes, but if you want to see the notifications you'd have to follow, 
I drop new episodes every Friday. And I would love to, in the next few episodes, be breaking down art direction. I'm getting my master's in art direction, and this is a part of my work, communicating, podcasting. So I'm going to try to break that down in some new episodes. If you guys are interested, also follow me on Instagram because I post a lot on my stories and that's kind of the quickest way to like interact with me in a short form kind of sense because I'm always talking. Okay. (laughs) So I will see you guys next Friday. Bye-bye. Oh, and wish me happy birthday. All right. Bye guys.